This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, what's up? It's Faraz, it's Zach. We're going to go into our week 11 wide receiver rankings, tight end rankings. Uh, Zach... How's it going, man? I'm not doing so great, but how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, you know. Uh, it was a busy morning, but, you know, every morning in the week, busy. I don't know. Um, you said that you were pretty busy last night. <laughs> I was busy last night. <laughs> wife, uh, my wife and I went out last night, and, um, you know, w- we don't go out too often without the kids. You know, we have, we, you know, we got some babysitting. We went out, had some dinner, some drinks, and uh, we got a little carried away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm not feeling 100% this morning. But uh, I'm going to power through, Zach. I'm going to power the through. The show must go on. Together. The show must <laughs> go on. And uh, I think we got this. Yeah. It's a weird week. A really weird week for tight ends and receivers. It is. A lot of injuries. A lot of uh, you know players on bye as well. Four teams on bye. So uh, these rankings do look funny. I thought it was yeah. me and just my condition. <laughs> That you know, why these rankings were looking so weird, and then Zach went over it and he was like, No, these look relatively okay. Um, but anyway, relatively, (laughs) yeah. All right, let's get into last night's game, dude. I got a chance to to catch it. Christian Watson showing out, dude. Like, he's now caught five touchdowns in five days, and they're running him, they're they're running plays for him in the in the red zone. Aaron Rodgers is trusting him, right? As you saw in that first touchdown of the game, where you know, Watson just bodied his defender, right? It wasn't all about the speed on that one. Yep. Uh, and he finished with six targets, caught four of 48, and those two touchdowns. But Alan Lazard is the one who had the most targets in this game with 11 for a uh, 30% target share and went five for 57 uh, on those 11 targets. So it seems to me like both of these guys are going to be pretty viable moving forward. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's going to be very hard for me to not to rank Christian Watson as a top 24. Uh, did I have him ranked the top 24 this week? I think I did. I think you did. I think you had him at 20. Was it 20 even or 21? What I, have I had 22. 22. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I had him at top 24 this week, but you know, moving forward, like it's going to be hard for me not to rank him as a top 20, you know, top 24 wide receiver. Right. Yeah. I think he's going to keep, you know, just kind of following in that range. Um, you know, you look at Alan Zard, he got a lot of targets, but he only caught five and 57 yards. Christian Watson's obviously a much better talent. I'd bet on him, you know, as the receiver with the upside in this offense. Um, Christian Watson's a guy that I would be having higher in the rankings than even Alan Lazard. Alan Zard got a bunch of targets, but I, I don't think that he has, you know, the talent, obviously, of Christian Watson. So I think that Christian Watson has kind of separated himself 
head and shoulders above the rest of the receivers in that offense in terms of, you know, what he can do with the ball in his hands. Whether he gets the volume, you know, it remains to be seen. It's been two weeks. He's gotten some good volume these past few weeks. Um, but Alan Lazard is still going to be a problem for him. and It's going to prevent him from getting that high target share week to week. But as long as he's getting, like you said, like, like he got last night and the week before, six targets, seven targets a game, you know, he should be a threat to score at least once or twice, just the way that yeah, he Yeah, and I, I do think that, you know, he did show the 40% target share upside last week on Sunday. Yeah. So I think it is possible that he can, you know, have other games where he's leading the lead, leading the team in targets. Uh, yeah. So it's not just, you know, it's not just this week where like, all right, well, he had a low target share. Will it bounce back? That's the question. We only have a two-game sample size within a matter of five days of each other. Uh, so we'll see what ends up happening. But for now, man, like if you picked up Christian Watson on the wave wire this week, uh, you're pretty happy, assuming yeah. that you did start him. Immediate returns from Christian Watson, which is exactly oh. what you love to see. Exactly, exactly. Um, a lot of people have been asking me this morning, like whether we should be selling Christian Watson after these two performances. Um, yeah. I'm not overly looking to sell him or anything. If you do trade him, like you better get something really good. Like yeah. I, I need high end options if I'm trading Christian Watson because he has league he has league winner written all over him, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, he's jumped. You know, in terms of his fantasy value at this point, he's jumped into top twenty four type value. You know, wide receiver two. I think that's where he could be um, yeah. as long as he's healthy. But, but the game, and like I, I wouldn't even trade him for like another top twenty four guy. Like yeah, no, no, because the upside is wide receiver one, right? Like yeah. his upside is top twelve and. You know, you look at guys play. in that wide receiver yeah. two range, like a Debo Samuel, you know, something like that. Um, I forget who else would, would fall I, I wouldn't that even range. I wouldn't even trade him for like Debo a DK Metcalf or a Tyler Lockett. You wouldn't take them over Christian Watson right now, the way he's playing. You know, obviously, it's only been two weeks. Um, it's funny that we're talking about him already this highly. But, you know, he's emerged in this offense as, you know, the wide receiver one that Aaron Rodgers needs. And he's been viable, you know, for two weeks in a row now. It looks like he's going to be a big part of the offense and a cog in this offense the rest of the way. I agree, man. Um, so yeah. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's looking like somebody you can start as well moving yeah. forward. He was not somebody that I was looking to start at all, you know, but these two weeks he's got done and he has a couple weapons now and Lazard and Watson and even Randall Cobb ended up getting some targets. So it, it's looking like, you know, uh, Rodgers is going to be a lot more viable as well. Yeah. That was a good um, call on your part. I know you had him. You said we had him ranked as a QB 10 this week. Um, and you, you actually mentioned him as the low-end QB1. I know we put a post on that yesterday. Yeah. So that, that was a good call. I mean, this Titans defense is tough, and he showed up anyway. So Aaron Rodgers, he might have some value for you the rest of the season. Uh, I, th- I think so. I think so. Um, Ryan Tannehill had a 300-yard passing game out of nowhere. This yeah. offense is so weird. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, Traylon well, Burks, man, seven yeah. of eight targets. Uh, caught seven of eight targets for 111 yards. Uh, he was on our waiver wire list last week. And I asked you guys politely in yesterday's podcast to pick him up if he was available in your league before the game. And now he's still available in over 60% of sleeper leagues. And he's going to cost quite a bit of fab, uh, you know, on Tuesday. So he's going to be a pretty hot hot waiver ad this week. Um, 30% target share for him. You know, very, very solid. And this is great for his dynasty outlook as well. Yeah. I mean, you look at Traylon Burks, if you saw his first catch of the night, I think it was on the third play from scrimmage, was it? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Second play, mm-hmm. but a massive 45 yard gain. Is that what it was? Or 40, was it 53 yard game? 43, something like that. Over 40 yard completion, you know, first thing right off the bat. And he looked good the rest of the night. He got plenty of targets, both, you know, short and deep. 
Um, uh, he looks really good. This is what we kind of figured would be the case, you know, with these receivers in Tennessee that he has the highest upside of any of them. Robert Woods got some looks, but he was pretty much just solid for the night. I'm not expecting that type of production to continue with any guys besides Traylon Burks. Um, if Traylon Burks caught a touchdown last night, we'd be having a really big conversation about him. Um, obviously no touchdown resulted, but Traylon Burks, he looks like he's going to be able to be a fantasy contributor down the stretch. Um, you know, we thought that no Titans receivers would be relevant, but like you said, this is a weird offense. Ryan Tannehill suddenly throwing for 300 yards. Derrick Henry was throwing passes last night. It's just who knows what's going on with this Titans offense. This is whatever's working at a given time. Uh, this week it just happened to be the receivers. And Traylon Burks, if he can, you know, kind of just use his performance as a springboard to move this offense more in the direction of the passing game, that would be good news for him. I think they could do that um, now that they see, you know, maybe you can throw to your receivers after all. <laughs> look at these top look at these top uh look at these top receivers coming out of this draft right yep Traylon burks he looks like he's good garrett wilson looks like he's pretty good chris yep. olave looks like he's pretty good drake london looks like he's really good uh who am i missing christian watson <laughs> christian watson looking he looks like good. he's pretty good yeah um I forget. I and think, uh, I like Jameis Williams, you know, we'll see what yep. happens with him. That's what we're you know, he's, he'll, he'll be back at the end of the year. Uh, but, you know, I'm assuming he's going to be pretty damn good, too. Yeah. He, he's going to add – it's, it's going to be tough to evaluate him because, of, he, you know, he'll be, he, he will be on the Lions. But um, he's going to add a nice new dimension to that offense. They don't have a whole lot of speed at receiver outside of Almond Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Um, remember we were talking about McCall Hardman's uh, illness to his abdomen yesterday? <laughs> Yeah. Well, he was placed on IR because of it. Um, he's going to miss the next four games. And hmm. it's looking like that would be good news for Kadarius Tony to get some more opportunity going forward. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I think that Kadarius Tony, you know, we talked about him, even with McCall Hardman being part of the offense, I was kind of, you know, pegging Kadarius Tony, the guy that's going to get more work and be a large part of this offense moving forward, just because I think he might be the most talented receiver right there in that offense right now, outside of Travis Kelsey, of course. Um, and like I said, he reminds me of Tyreek Hill, the way he plays, the twitch that he has. I think that he could take over that role kind of and kind of bring Patrick Mahomes back to those Tyreek Hill days and have some huge games. You know, he was one of my high priority targets on the waiver wire. I know we talked about it um, on our waiver wire episode. I actually said the top three receivers were my priority, even over the running backs um, that were available, Isaiah Pacheco, those guys. So I have high hopes for Kadarius Tony. I think that he's going to come through for you, especially, you know, maybe even in a Christian Watson-esque way in terms of being a league winner. Um, I, I didn't think that he was going to make his way off New York's uh, roster this season, but he did. He landed in a good spot. And with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball, anything's possible. You know, he, he's going to be just fine. Um, Juju's might be a little bit banged up too, so that could help Yeah, uh, his prospects He's still in the well. concussion protocol, and he hasn't practiced yet. Um, so that's that's not great. Uh, it doesn't look like he's gonna play. Um, no. did he even did Juju even get a limited practice in on Friday? Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, on Thursday. I... Uh, no, he's yet to practice this week, so yeah, no, it looks like he's not gonna play this week. So, yeah, he, he would need a limited and a full in order to be able to play. Uh, that's how the concussion protocols have been working. So, uh, Juju's likely gonna be out. So, if you have Juju, most likely you're not gonna be able to play him this week. I would find another option. Uh, and, and because Kadarius of that, Tony. yeah, exactly, exactly. Kadarius Tony is is a damn good play this week. I have him. I think I have him as a top twenty four option as well this yeah. week. Um, and, and the re one of the reasons why I like McCole Hardman, like if McCole Hardman's out, and I agree with you, I think Kadarius Tony would have got his regardless of McCole mm -hmm. Hardman and might have like leapt to the top of this depth chart without, you know, 
regardless. Yeah. But what I do like about it is if you notice what Andy Reid does, is like he has like packages for certain players. You know what I'm saying? And like mm-hmm. regardless, like around the red zone, like he'll have packages for like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? Or like he'll have packages <laughs> that wasn't for the Nicole Hardman. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he he had no packages for him. <laughs> no, nope. uh, no, that's it. Um, yeah, and like you know, Nicole Hardman near the near the red zone, right? Like on those type of plays now, those packages are gonna go towards goes to Nicole Hardman. I'm sorry, go to Kadarius Tony, in addition to whatever they had planned for Kadarius Tony, like in these few games, right? right. So that that that's 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 why I think that it's good news for him, uh, just because like those mon- like like what you call money touches like i can see that him getting more money touches you know without michael Harmon there yeah absolutely um mike williams and keenan allen both practiced uh limited practices it seems like they might play yeah like that's what it seems like to me that would be pretty cool i mean you know we can can get your hopes up a little bit i saw somebody (laughs) tweet i think it was one of the chargers beat reporters tweeted that like mike williams and keenan allen have only been on the field together for like like 7% of their total plays or something like that. Something like super small. I would have guessed uh, like less, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know, right? it does seem like it would be less. Um, but but yeah, like both these guys could potentially play this week. I am I'm proceeding with caution with mm-hmm. these guys, especially Keenan Allen, um, yeah. given that, you know, it's a soft tissue injury. What was Mike Williams' injury? That was a high ankle it was sprain, an, right? It was a high ankle sprain, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised he's back this this soon. To be honest, am I am I right wrong? About How many that? weeks like has he missed? Been... Let me see. He missed the bye in week eight. Four. He four the bye in week eight. They missed nine, ten. Oh. That's a three week recovery. I mean, if he's that practicing seems pretty fast, that's like a minor high ankle sprint. Is that is there such a thing? <laughs> you know that is so fast. he missed. Uh, so he, he it happened in week seven, right? So week eight, nine, ten, eleven. I'll be four weeks to come back. I, I, you know, they say four to six weeks for a high ankle sprain. So yeah. this would be week number four. So I guess it's in the early window, right, of that. So I guess I guess that's not bad. And plus, they did avoid putting him on IR, short-term IR, right? Like, they could have done mm-hmm. that, and they didn't, right? Like, that's I don't true. think they put him on IR. So no, they I think they, even from the beginning, they thought that this it's possible that he would be back, you know, within four weeks. So. I guess I guess that makes sense, and, and he doesn't have to miss that fourth game because I think if you put him on, if you put your player on IR, it's not four weeks; it's four games, and they had the buy in between. Yeah, so that that makes sense. So Mike Williams, I would be like, let's say both these guys play. I think I would be, I would prefer to play Mike Williams. Yeah, but I think it would have to be that way. Mike Williams is like, <laughs> he's a little bit of a tough matchup on that left side. Like, you know, it, it's it's fine because like he he can come through, especially without Keenan Allen. I'm not worried about it. Um, but where would you have him? Like, and we'll talk about. It. I think I have him here in this top thirty. So yeah, we'll talk about it later. But like, you know, it's a little bit iffy for me with both these guys, especially Keenan Allen. If I have another option, I might choose to sit Keenan Allen this week, despite this being much, such a good matchup. Yeah. Of course, these two are also playing Sunday night, so you're going to be short on options if you wait, and then they get ruled out. Um, so that is kind of making me, you know, as much as I want to see them both on the field again and playing with Justin Herbert, you know, against the Chiefs, that would be awesome. You know, you know they tend to be high-scoring games. I, as, you know, not as a fantasy manager, but just the, well, maybe a fantasy manager, yeah, I might want to see them sit and just get healthy, mm-hmm. make sure they're 100% right so that they can come back for the rest of the season and look good. If it came down to it, if they play, I think I'd be tempering expectations. I, I think I would start them, you know, if obviously if they play. Um, you're probably going to have to. What would you um, start them as? I, I would start them as wide receiver one. I wouldn't expect wide receiver one numbers from either of them. I, I think 
mid, wide receiver three? mid to low end wide receiver two would be maybe really? the ceiling for them. Uh, I, 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 okay. Low end wide receiver I would play two, them as a wide receiver three, I think. All right. I would say. Because like yeah. I, that's how much caution that I'm I have, like okay, so let's just pull this up real quick. I have the rankings up here, um, so you know I have them uh, at twenty seven and twenty eight. So mm-hmm. that's high end wide receiver three, you yeah. know something. Like, yeah, that's high end wide receiver three. So the guys I'm I'm playing DJ Moore. Like, are you playing DJ Moore ahead of him? I, I don't think no, you are. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> I, I would. <laughs> I think I would start Mike Williams and Keenan Allen over Darnell Mooney. Although I would move. I love Mooney's matchup. Gabe Davis, you know, yeah. they're playing in Detroit I now, wonder, by the way, guys. Yeah, that's, oh my God, what a blessing that is, man. Yeah. I, I got Amari Cooper the Bills, and Gabe Davis, yeah. Stephon Diggs, like, you're happy, man. Like, you're yeah. happy that this game got moved to Detroit. Because, yeah, it's now just a standard fantasy matchup. You don't have to worry about any weather. But, What's going to happen that with Amari Cooper? Is Amari Cooper That's gonna... what we talked about. <laughs> it's not a home game. It's not an away game. It's it's a neutral site. What's he going to do? Is he going to put up zero? Is he going to put up 100? What's He's going to bomb. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think he's so a better good. chance. He's a better chance of performing, you know, in Detroit than he does in six feet of snow. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, and we'll get into the rankings. We'll talk yeah. more about Keenan Allen in a second. Um, okay. So I'm just going down like this news to see if there's anything else to talk about. Uh, Devontae Smith continues to be limited with that knee injury, but it seems like he's going to play. Um what else? AJ Brown's also limited, but he seems like he's going to play. Um, I'm just scrolling through. Sorry, guys. Heard. Besides the game getting moved, and we just mentioned that. Yeah, the game's so. getting moved to Detroit, so you, know, so you know that. Nico Collins is practicing in full. DeAndre Swift is practicing in full. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> if DeAndre Swift is practicing in full, what does it mean? I don't know. I don't know he what should, that means. He better get more touches this week. Like I said, I'm hitting the panic button on DeAndre Swift. After this week, Just if like, he gets six touches again, <laughs> something to keep an eye on. Isaiah McKenzie is uh, is um, battling an illness, and um, if he doesn't play, you know, if you're if you're desperate at wide receiver, you know, you might want to, you know, be desperate with Kadosh Shakir. Yeah, um, that didn't sound right, but you, you know what I mean. Um, he, he, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he get like the first catch of the game last week? I mean, he was on the field. I, I forget. I'm not exactly sure if that's oh, how it Shakir. Yeah, Khalil Shakir. I don't but know. I, I I didn't catch that. I remember seeing that immediately. Like, okay, who's Josh throwing? Who's Josh Allen throwing to immediately? I think it was Khalil Shakir. So it's like, okay, that's interesting. And then okay. and then he he proceeded to play like eleven snaps after that. Yeah. No. Uh, I think <laughs> they they have some all these wide receivers. You just can't have that many wide receivers on the field at the same time. I think Khalil Shakir Shakir could play on a lot of other teams. You know, be starting. So Jerry Judy's still not practicing. That that so he's probably not going to play. Cortland yeah. Sutton. You know, they have a bunch of wide receiver injuries, to be honest. So, Cortland Sutton is looking like he's going to be a decent play this week, a wide receiver two play this week. Yeah. Um, Matthew Stafford. What's that? that <laughs> maybe be his ceiling. It's a wasteland in Denver. I would, I'm would. i going to disagree with you. I'm going to say Cortland Sutton has a wide receiver one ceiling this week. All right. Just because disagree. you said that, make me look he, bad. He's going to go off. If he... <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I do. He's going to... Okay. Is, yeah. Are, you know my, what? For us, my... speak it into existence. I have him on my team. Here, oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> perfect. There you go. Cortland Sutton. Six for 77 and a touchdown. That's your prediction? Boom. Right. That Boom. would be cool. I would like that very much. Although, he's last team, week... I'm did you see... It. Did you see the blurb that came up for his stat line last week? I think Fantasy no, I Pros put out put up a devilish no. stat line as six for sixty six. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that was his stat line. That's funny. Yeah, um, that's terrible. That is bad luck for this week. Yeah, uh, Mark 
the Mark Andrews situation is weird to me. Um, he's not practicing in the media portion. So it's like mm-hmm. they don't want the media to see him practice. But over the last two days, that, ha- that that's happened. So the media don't, doesn't see him there. But then when the media leaves, he comes out and he practices. And they're labeling, labeling him in a limited fashion. They asked him yesterday, hey, are you going to play? And he's like, I really want to play. But you never know. So there's a good chance that he doesn't play this week. Yeah. And, and that- if you have Isaiah Likely, I'll pick him up. If you don't have him, I'll pick him up. And I'll play him if Mark Andrews doesn't play. But it doesn't seem too optimistic to me. No. I, I think... I don't think that Mark Andrews would play. That's if like the mis- mysteriousness around him has been super, the super way mysterious. It's been you know these few, last few weeks. You think you know if you're planning to play him, you want you know the media to know. I- I'm not sure. Maybe they just don't want people to know what their game plan is. They don't want anybody game planning for Mark Andrews. But in terms of fantasy impact, I think if Mark Andrews doesn't play, I'm just replacing Mark Andrews with Isaiah Likely in the rankings. Like he's going to be the exact. It's the exact same thing for me. Even though Isaiah Likely. He only had one catch, you know, last week. It was a touchdown. Yeah. Um, I wasn't phased by that. He's a tight end. It was coach. a tough matchup, too. Yeah. He's he's gonna be just fine. I would put if, if Mark Andrews doesn't play, Isaiah Likely's gonna slide right in where Mark Andrews is in any rankings. That I would Are say, you playing say. him over TJ Hawkinson? Yes. Okay. So Travis yeah. Kelsey and then Isaiah Likely for you. Got yes. it. Okay. That's what it'd be. Cool. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's go ahead and get into our wide receiver rankings. Let's do it. Let's do yep. it. I think we got a lot of news in. Justin Jefferson at number one. Of Any course. questions? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. No questions there. Stefan Diggs at number two. This was easy now. They're playing in Detroit. Uh, points happen to be scored in Detroit. So like, yeah, you know, hopefully they get some of that, you know, some of that, 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 that special juice in, in Detroit. And like, it, this is a high scoring game and yeah. you know, this is a decent matchup for Diggs. So, um, I love it. I'm going to say Brown. I have him at three here against the giants. Um, you know, we saw the massive target share over the past couple of weeks. There's a touchdown waiting to happen. Two touchdowns waiting to happen. He's, he's due. Um, and it's yeah. going to happen. You know, we have a couple, you know, injuries and, and buys and stuff. So, like, we're going to – this is an interesting one. He's at three. Um, I have A.J. Brown at number four and then C.D. Lamb at five. And the reason why – and I love C.D. Lamb this week, by the way. Like, against too. Minnesota, Yeah, you know, that slot – He you know, he runs most of his routes out of the slot. Minnesota slot defense is one of the worst in the NFL. So, he has a chance to go off once again. And I'm hoping – and, you know, Minnesota – you know, also has a good chance, even though Dallas' defense is pretty good. This is, this game is in Minnesota. Is a good chance they can put up some points, you know, despite them going up against a tough offense. So this might be a high-scoring game, and I, I'm loving CD this week. 
I think it's absolutely going to be a high scoring game. And I can talk about, you know, Cowboys. Don't take it because I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm talking highly of these offenses, but I think it's going to be a really high scoring game. Um, I would maybe put CD Lamb over AJ Brown with his injury situation. I'm not sure what that's going to be, if it's going to hold him back at all. But um, yeah. I would maybe put CD Lamb up there. And it would be close for Amon Ross St. Brown. But, you know, Dallas does have, you know, other weapons, obviously, in their offense. That's, that's, that's what it is for me, too. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, we saw a game where where Dak, you know, gave CD that huge target share, but will it go back to like a little bit more distribution? Yeah, we hadn't up until last week seen Dak dial in on CD Lamb like that, you know, yeah. in his career. Um, so we love to see that. I think that can continue, and I'd love to see it continue. Not just as a Cowboys fan, but as a fantasy football player, you know, that's what you want to see. But um, you know, they still have Zeke. They still have Zeke's going to be coming back, so that's one thing. They might go more towards the ground tech. Tony Pollard's going to be there. Michael Gallup, he, he gets targeted a lot. And Dalton Schultz, you know, he doesn't exactly. do much with it when he catches it. But, you know, he gets targets really reliably when Dak Prescott's playing. So yep. that's what it is for me. I think CeeDee Lamb has a higher ceiling than A.J. Brown this week just because of the matchup. And like I said, A.J. Brown is a little bit dinged up. Um, A.J. Brown's going to do his thing regardless as long as he's playing. Um, but I, I think CeeDee Lamb would be in consideration you know to the be reason why i have higher. aj the reason why i have aj brown at four is because of the dallas goddard injury and i just think yeah. that rest of season now the the targets are going to be so dialed in to aj brown that you know he's going to potentially go off rest of season and yeah. uh but yeah no i think you bring up a good point with him with that ankle you know being you know a little bit banged up but i think you know once once you're in the game once once that you know adrenaline kicks in especially yeah. if it's just a low ankle sprain he's gonna be fine he's a beast yeah. uh but yeah no i could totally see ranking cd at four and aj at five um you're obviously starting both um yeah. now Devonta <laughs> adams is at six and deandre hopkins is at seven and the reason for that is because these are two tough matchups um oh, yeah. Adams, you know, going up against Denver, they're one of the best uh, defenses against the pass, against wide receivers. They don't let wide receivers have great games. Um, so, you know, obviously you're still starting him, and he can still have a good game because he's De Devontae Adams. Yeah. So you're not sitting him or anything like that. You know, for all the all, all the newbies for fantasy football, you know, if you're listening, you know, you're like, well, should I sit him? No. No. We, we don't do that. You start your studs, okay? This is just uh, – for any, any new people, you know, listen to the show, get into fantasy football for the first time. But Devonta Adams, you know, tough matchup, but you're playing him regardless. Yeah. Um, and then DeAndre Hopkins, you know, on that left side is where he lines up most of the time, almost all the time. And San Francisco has been absolutely stout on that side, not giving up any fantasy points on that side. So tough matchup for Hopkins, but you're still starting him. Yeah. Devonta Adams, I hate the matchup, especially the way Derek Carr plays. I think that he could get flustered by his defense pretty easily. I don't know if Pat Sertan is going to shadow Devontae Adams. He's certainly capable of doing that. And that could make it a tough outing um, where, you know, we're not going to see the extreme upside that Devontae Adams has this week. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Um, I think that he's ranking his ranking at six is justified behind guys like CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown. But um, DeAndre Hopkins, he could be without Kyler Murray still this week. So that's kind of, I think it makes sense to have him at seven. I'm pumping the brakes on him, especially if, um, you know, it's Colt McCoy going against San Francisco or worse, Trace McSorley. And not to, you know, take a dump on Tra Trace McSorley, but I, I just think that, you know, with a third string quarterback against a good San Francisco defense, DeAndre Hopkins could have uh, his first quiet outing of the season. Terry McLaurin, I have been eight. You were surprised by that one. Yes. What's up, Very Jordan? Surprised. What's up, Elias? I'm just I'm just saying what's up to people in the chat here. Um, <laughs> Terry McLaurin, you know, you were surprised about that one. And, yeah. you know, just this is really just based on, you know, these other receivers behind him. 
And the fact that he has been hyper targeted over the last couple of weeks, man, like it's it's no joke. It, he his target share has gone up uh, each of the last four weeks. You know, as long as Taylor Heineke is the quarterback, he is being targeted and he's been having good games. Three of his last four games, he's been balling. Um, so, and and this matchup too, like against Houston, uh, you know, I think that there's nobody in this secondary who's really going to be able to stop Terry. So I, I'm I'm all about him in this matchup. Uh, yeah, I guess you could, you know, point towards the matchup and say that Terry McLaurin could have a good day. He could. Um, Derek Stingley would be the only guy in Houston secondary that I would think, okay, maybe could give him some trouble, but he's allowed a lot of yards. He hasn't allowed. He has. He, he's likely going to shadow him, and he's yeah. been giving up a ton of fantasy points per route run against him. So I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about the matchup. The I'm hoping for a shadow. For me, with Derek Stingley, the interesting statistic is, you know, he allows a lot of yards, but he hasn't allowed a touchdown yet. Right. Over 300 coverage snaps. So I'm not saying that, you know, Terry McClellan, well, you can't put him down for a touchdown. He's not going to score. You know, I don't think. Especially what he did, given what he did to Darius Slay last week. Yeah, it's not going to be an absolute shadow, even if it is something like that with Derek Stingley. You know, they're going to have to move guys around because Jahan Dotson, you know, he's going to be playing, I think, right? He he came back quietly last week, but he's, yeah. he's a talented receiver. And Curtis Samuel's going to be there too, right? Or is he still questionable? No, um, even if he is there, Curtis Samuel has gotten like, couple targets a game you know right. over the last ever since heineke has become quarterback he's only got had a few targets per game right so that that makes sense i guess you could have him ranked a little bit higher but i i just think maybe it's just the weirdness of the week having terry mclaren eight feels wrong especially <laughs> it over weird. It especially weird, over dude. guys like for me t higgins chris olave i, I kind of like them more just for their floor because if this washington offense you know if it goes ground heavy which it very well may against the houston defense it's terrible against the run um yeah. You know that might help Terry McLaurin's touchdown op- like chances, but if he, if he doesn't cash in that way, you know it, it could be a quiet day. Uh, Terry McLaurin's much better off now than he was a couple of weeks ago. I'm not saying that you can't rank him higher. Um, eight just feels a little high for me. Like I said, over T. It Higgins, does. Like, like the number looks high. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would. I would. I, I agree. And you know the thing with T. Higgins too. It's like I love T. Higgins, but he hasn't gotten the target share that I was hoping that he would get. You know, without Jamar Chase. Right. And you know. He does have a great. He has. He. I think T. Higgins has a good matchup this week too. So I could totally see playing T. Higgins over McLaurin, probably more uh, reliable. You know, yeah. I would say, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'm playing Chris Olave over McLaurin. You know, I think Chris Olave. You know, he's been, he's a very solid receiver. He's been getting it done, but he hasn't shown the upside uh, in a while. So I don't yeah, think I play him over McLaurin. He's had right? a floor. Yeah, he's had a floor. He's had a floor. I forget. I think it was on the. Um... Fantasy Football Today podcast, they talked about it. He just had his first um, single-digit performance since week whatever, one, two. Right. You know, up until then, he had a really nice double-digit fantasy floor. And, you know, I, maybe the maybe we're running out of juice. Maybe the gas tank on Andy Dalton, you know, it's running on fumes. <laughs> That's um, what it seems I, like, yeah. He's playing maybe one more bad outing. I feel like we're going to see James Winston or maybe even even a bad half. You know, maybe we see James Winston come in. I don't even know if we're going to see game. James Winston, man. Because apparently he's not healthy. Like, why would... Why would How is he coach... not healthy? He's been riding the bench. <laughs> I, I I I I agree with you, but why would his coach say that he's not healthy and he he's not sure if he'll be healthy all year long? He, like he just said that this week. That was part of the reasoning why they're going with Andy Dalton this week. So like, if they pull Andy Dalton at halftime and they bring Jameis Winston in, like, what are you talking about? Like, are you why are you talking about Jameis Winston's health as being a factor? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, if you're gonna pull him at the half, like you might as well make might as well have made that decision before. But yeah. This head coach is making some interesting moves. Like he's a, 
you know, if you if you ask Saints fans, they're not too happy with their head no. coach right now. No. Um, but yeah, but yeah, with with Chris Olave, you know, he had a nice floor. It just seems like he looked quarterback proof for a lot of weeks. And, you know, maybe it's just a bad week. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt the way he's been playing. You know, he's obviously talented. The quarterback situation just is not ideal. But having Jarvis Landry back in the lineup seems to have influenced the way the targets are distributed a little bit more well, than I would like. Look at his fantasy outings over his past four weeks, right? Yeah. 17 points against Arizona, 10.2 against Vegas, 13.1 against Baltimore, seven last week against Pittsburgh. You know. In what was a pretty the, good matchup against Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I don't, you know, for me, it's like, I'm going to play McLaurin over him for sure, you know, because I, he has a much higher upside and he's outscored him in three or four of those games. All right. I, I see where um, you're coming from. I'm not. I, <laughs> beat, I personally, beat a dead horse here. I personally, like I said, don't agree. But you, who, who would you, you go with? Who, would you go with Olave or McLaurin? I would put Olave. I, I think. Okay. My how receivers, these, I said I would put over him. I think I said it would be. How, how about these other guys here between 11, and 20? Any of these other? We, we're showing 11 through 20. Now. Any of these other guys that you see would you would play over him? Amari McLaurin Cooper this week. Yeah, Amari Cooper. I want to roll the dice. Who I have way down. Yes, I see he's at 20. I want to roll the dice and say that, you know, neutral site, maybe we see a a pretty good margin. (laughs) You know, it's not going to be in six feet of snow, thank God. Um, It's going to be, you know, ideal conditions for for, for football. I think that even though it's a tough matchup, if if they're going to be throwing the ball, it's going to be going to Mark Cooper. So I I think that he he could have a day similar, at least similar to Terry McLaurin. I have a Devontae Smith at number 11 here, uh, but I'm actually going to switch it. I'm going to play Rondo more over Devontae Smith this week, especially in full PPR. Um, yeah. Devontae Smith has also been uh, like a, a low depth of target guy lately. Um, you know, we've seen games where he's been targeted downfield, but it doesn't happen too often. Uh, but now with Dallas Goddard out, you got to upgrade Devontae Smith. But San Francisco has been one of the worst teams against slot wide receivers. So I'm going to go Rondo more over Devontae Smith there. Yeah, um, and I, then I, I have Jacoby, Jacoby Myers against the Jets, who also have a vulnerable slot defense. The last time these guys played each other, Jacoby Myers went off. Yeah, and Jacoby Myers, like I said, I don't think his name value equates to what he's given fantasy uh, managers this season. He's been very good. Um, he doesn't really leave you out to dry. He had a quiet week going into the bye, I think. I forget what exactly what his output was. But um, prior to that, he was averaging a really healthy amount. I think it was like 15 points a game. So for a guy that was going undrafted, I know because I picked him up in the last round of my draft. Um, he, he's returned really well. And he's actually a fantasy relevant wide receiver um, yeah. on the Patriots offense that I didn't think, I didn't really think that was possible, especially with them <laughs> picking up Devonte Parker. Uh, I thought that he had that one big game Devonte Parker did, but I didn't think it might have been, it was really possible to have that, uh, you know, clear wide receiver one. That's Jacoby Myers. Amari Cooper does look really low. Yeah. Alias is, is saying, wow. Amari Cooper does look low. I have yeah, him at but, 20 here, which is probably low. So yeah. I would I, – I'm with you guys. I think, you know, I was a little too hungover this morning. Um, <laughs> so Amari Cooper probably needs to be higher. Uh, yeah. But here, the guys that I would play over over Amari Cooper, I would play Rondell Moore over Amari Cooper. Yeah. Uh, I would play – Jacoby Myers this week over Amari Cooper. That's um, like I had borderline. Yeah. Alan Lazard uh should not be here at number 14. That that was that was locked in. I'm not sure. I should have moved that. I did not want him at 14. I don't know why he's here. I don't know what happened. But the but Alan Lazard, I would have had him under Christian Watson, right behind Kadarius Tony. That's where I would have had him. 
Uh, I'm not sure why he's showing up with number 14 there. But Brandon Ayuk at number 15, I have him ranked over Debo. You know, because like yeah. at the end of the day, you know, Brandon Ayuk is playing wide receiver. And Debo Samuel is being forced to play wide receiver. And right now, Ayuk is being favored by Jimmy. And he's the one who's getting, getting it done. And he's the one who's averaging more fantasy points per game at this point. Yeah, and it was a really bad drop in the end zone. I don't know if you watched the game yeah, last I week. I saw that. Yep. He could have had a much bigger day. Um, he, granted, it was just one touchdown catch, but you know that would have made a big difference in terms of you know his stat line, what it looks like, because he's been on a tear recently, and he kind of cooled down. But the target share has been there. He's getting you know pretty much the targets, the lead, uh, the lion's share of targets in this offense. And I, I didn't really think that was possible. I thought Debo Samuel, you know, coming back, he he he'd be playing and getting the targets that he's supposed to. But I don't have a problem with it either. Brandon Ayuk's doing his thing. Um, you can't really trust either of these guys to have like wide receiver one upside. Um, at this point, you know, Debo Samuel has kind of fallen out of that, I think, at this point. And Brandon Ayuk, just because of Debo Samuel and George Kittle in this offense, and Christian McCaffrey now and Elijah Mitchell, you know, they they have a bunch of weapons. None of these guys are going to be, you know, perfectly reliable week to week, but any yeah. of them can have a good day, you know, for you uh, any, I, any given I, week. I agree. I agree. T- Tyler Boyd, too, like, you know, I'm playing him as a wide receiver, too, over Amari Cooper. Uh, because of the fact that there's no Jamar Chase, and I think that these guys are going to get their targets, especially against Pittsburgh, who have been who has been very vulnerable against slot wide receivers as well. Yeah. Um, looking at it right now, uh, Pittsburgh has given up the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. Uh, so I really like Tyler Boyd in this matchup. So yeah, I'm playing him over. I love how like we're just comparing everyone to Amari Cooper at this point. Yeah, uh, playing him <laughs> against. Um, I got- might I might play Amari over Debo. Yeah, we got to find Amari a home for Amari Cooper in these rankings. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. We got to move Alan Lazard out of this top 20. I think Omar, uh, Alan Lazard, actually, no, I would have put him at like maybe like 18 or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. You guys figure it out. Uh, <laughs> Amari Cooper over Debo, under Tyler Boyd, and Cortland Sutton. Who are you playing, Cortland Sutton or Amari Cooper without Jerry Judy? That's so tough. I mean, I would have to go. I think I would go with Amari Cooper, and it's close. I think they'd be back-to-back for my rankings. Got it. Okay, they, they so here we back, go. Back. They're very close. This is what we're doing. We uh, so for, for everyone, so everyone, everyone who's listening to the podcast, they have no idea what the hell is going on right now. They're just yeah. like, "Yo, what? What are your rankings?" I don't know. Um, so let's do this. We have. I'll go through the top ten real quick again for everybody listening. Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Amara St. Brown, AJ Brown, CD Lamb. That's the top five. Devonta Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, T. Higgins, Chris Olave. That's the says so six through ten right there. At number eleven, we're gonna have Rondell Moore. Okay. Right. At number twelve, we're gonna have Jacoby Myers. At number thirteen, we're going to have Amari Cooper. At number fourteen, right. we're gonna have like Brandon Ayuk. Then we're gonna have at sixteen Tyler Boyd, followed by Debo Samuel, followed by Cortland Sutton, followed by Michael Pittman. Sounds good. Okay. All right. What about my what about Cortland Sutton though? I, I I ask you that again. So like how you look? How are you feeling about Cortland Sutton this week? Um, you know, obviously, you know we talked about him a little bit earlier, but do you think a like you'll be playing him as a top twenty wide receiver and expecting that? Like, are, are you playing him with confidence this week without Jerry Judy and a couple of other injuries to that Broncos wide receiver core? Um, would I be playing him with confidence? I feel like you have to at this point. There's nobody else in that offense. I mean, Greg Dulcich, you know, you could say is you know a competitor for targets, but. He, he kind of cooled off last week. The ball has yeah, to go to somebody. And, yeah, and the Ra- the Raiders' defense is not very good. We've seen them give yeah. up a lot of points. Um, this could be the type of game that the Broncos need to kind of get the Bron- the you know the offense back on track. 
it hasn't been on track all season. But Cortland Sutton, he's a good receiver. It's just with Jerry Judy there, he wasn't getting the opportunity. Now um, he's in line for more opportunity. I think he can get back. He can get back to having that safe floor that he had earlier this season. Um, would I be starting him as a top twenty? No. With confidence, I would start him with confidence that he can, you know, perform admirably. I think top twenty-four. He's a low end wide receiver too for me. That's that's right. That's how I would start him. I, I hear that. Um, and I, maybe you know, I have Paris Campbell too low, right? I have Paris Campbell at twenty-one. Who are you starting? Who are you starting uh, between Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell? I love Michael Pittman, but I think I would have to start Paris Campbell the way things have been going Ooh, with Matt Ryan, a quarterback like Matt Ryan has shown a little favoritism, you know, towards Paris Campbell over Michael Pittman. So Paris Campbell has been just doing more with yeah. it. Um, you know, both of these guys had a high target share last week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they had the same number of targets. Uh, they both had nine targets last week for 33% target share. Paris Campbell just ended up doing more with it, you know, scoring the touchdown. He's been the one scoring touchdowns lately. Um, I, I like Michael Pittman, but yeah, Paris Campbell not seeing the shadow coverage maybe out of the slot. Maybe that's where you want to go. So I, I yeah. can see playing Paris Campbell over Michael Pittman at this point, especially given how he's been performing. Um, this is where I would have had Christian Watson at 22 here. He obviously did his thing last night. Kadarius Tony, I have him at 23. Um, I think you could play him and he's one of the most exciting starts. Like if you have him in your lineup this week, like you like, you're, you're, you're like, you know, you're rubbing your hands. You're like, you can't wait to see what he's going to do this yeah. week. Right. Without Juju, <laughs> without Nicole Hardman. And, you know, it, it's exciting, you know, like I, I know I'm excited to, to, to watch him play, um, in an expanded role. I would expect his snaps to go up this week, uh, against the Chargers in a good matchup. Yeah. yeah I think Kadarius Tony is going to have a huge game and that's just because not just because of the injuries, but also because, you know, I feel like this has been coming for him as since he joined the Chiefs. I feel like, you know, at some point he's got to work his way in this offense for majority of the snaps. He's going to get a good number of snaps, much more than he got the past two weeks. This is a pretty bad Chargers defense. You know, it, it's pretty bad. So I, I think that they can they can get things done with Patrick Holmes at quarterback. It's always high scoring. Um, if Kadarius Tony doesn't score a touchdown, I think I would be disappointed. Uh, we got Darnell Mooney here at number 24 against Atlanta. Uh, guys, like you know, if you're if you like to bet player props, like bet bet the over on Darnell Mooney. Like I think his player prop is at like forty three and a half. Uh, so yeah. so yeah, go for that against Atlanta. Atlanta's been one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. Uh, Darnell Mooney should get it done. You know, he doesn't have the ceiling that a lot of these other wide receivers have, just because the way the offense operates. But, you know, he'll probably give you a, a pretty solid floor this week. And, you know, I have Gabe Davis right right behind him. And, like, he's literally the opposite player. Like, he's yeah. only ceiling. Uh, what was pretty encouraging, though, like last week, he saw a bunch of targets. He, you know, he had a bunch of production. And that target share, you know, over the last couple of weeks has started to go up a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. If I'm not mistaken, did he not have – did he have 10 targets last week? Gabriel that, Davis, uh, nine nine catchable targets, twenty three percent target share, uh, which is solid. And I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had uh, double digit targets. So uh, yeah, okay, no, it was just one week. I thought it was two. So it's only one week where he ended up seeing the targets. And the week before that, actually, yeah, in week eight and week ten, he had a high target share. So in week yeah. eight, he had thirty percent target share, uh, and then in week ten, he had twenty three percent target share. So that's pretty good. That's what you yeah. want to see, um, you know, if you have Gabe Davis, because now he maybe he can become a little bit more reliable and not just 
dependent on that big play. Yeah, things are trending in the right direction in terms of target share for Gabe Davis. Much better than they looked, you know, at the beginning of the season uh, where he wasn't getting many targets at all. Um, he has two straight matchups. The Bills, I think it's funny, you know, they got relocated to Detroit and then they're going to go back to Detroit on Thursday. They should um, just stay there. For the Thanksgiving game, you know what I'm saying? Can they just stay there? Like <laughs> I, I don't I, know. It, it would be dumb to fly them back and forth, but uh, maybe they have plans. Especially with home. the weather. Like, is the weather, yeah. like, are they even going to be able to fly back into Buffalo it's on true. Sunday? Yeah, you know, so like the, I don't know if that's going to be possible. Th- this game will be like the tune-up for hopefully Thanksgiving Day. Oh, by the way, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you. The Bills are having a hard time leaving Buffalo right now. Yeah, well, you figure. I think didn't they say that they're pre- predicting like not predicting, but you know they they're were calling supposed for, like, to leave. Like they, eat. they a lot of people were saying like, oh, you should have left already. But yeah. now the Bills are having a tough time even leaving. Uh, they have to drive down the highway. <laughs> they even even dr- they can't drive right now. They should have drove because if you if you could actually go from Buffalo to Detroit in four hours if you go through Canada. Yeah, like if you I if saw you go that. Yep. Yeah, four hours as a four hour drive. So, but the fact that like so Josina Anderson three hours ago, she tweeted out uh, she had a league source on the Bills. This is a major impact. There's currently a travel ban. Still waiting on here. Uh, to hear on timing of today's Zoom meeting. Snow snow is coming down hard right now. I don't know what the contingency is if everyone can't make it to the airport or we can't fly out. So not really sure what they're doing. I'm not sure if there's going to be an update <laughs> after that. You can't fly in. So the Browns obviously aren't going there. Um, the Bills can't get out. You, there's got to be a window, right? I know that well, the, the, this lake effect the, snow is a different animal than what we see. But, I know. Um, I, I'm, Bills, I'm not sure. The Bills beat reporter Sal Capaccio, who I talked to on the on the on Bills Radio last week, uh, he's going to be on Pat McAfee's show at one o'clock, and he's going to probably get put put some more details out there in terms of what they're going to do. Um, so, you know, he, he, if you're worried about this Bills game, you might want to tune in to Pat McAfee right after this. Um, it's not even right possible; now. like they can't even move the game because they have that Thursday game in Detroit. Like, have, yeah, they, they ruled that it. out before they even decided to move the game. They said, we can't move the time. I mean, maybe you can move the time of day, but you can't move the day of the game. It's not going to move up and you can't move it back. Like this, this is pretty tough, you know, logistically. Um, we're, I hope the game goes on. It should. We'll see. I, we'll see. I don't, I don't it, see a situation a where they don't get out. I feel like there's got to be a window at some point where they can get out, but you never know. <laughs> they were calling for see, like, like Go ahead. I just see like a Game of Thrones like type of situation. Like the, like what I just pictured in my head was like all the players just walk, like just <laughs> walk to a yeah. neutral site, like just walk towards the border and like you know who, who are they playing in Cleveland, right? And like yeah. Cleveland will just like walk towards Buffalo and they're just like just walk, meet in the middle, just meet in the middle somewhere and like just play on the field. That's what yeah. they got to do. That's like, what have Game to of Thrones, Game of Thrones, White Walker style. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, DJ Moore. I, I have him at twenty six, but. We have Mike Williams at twenty seven, Keenan Allen at twenty eight. I'm I'm thinking with you, Zach. I think I'm playing both these guys over DJ Moore. Yeah, Baker Mayfield against Baltimore. Mm. No, I don't like that recipe. Let's just remove DJ Moore from the rankings. Just bench him. Yeah, <laughs> should we do that? He, he, he are, might, are we just benching DJ Moore this week? Straight he up. Might, he there's a the, there's so many guys that play over him. He feels like he's just a bench at this point. You know, like bench. You there's a better. <laughs> The bench. hard B, that the hard B, that was him hitting the bench. 
<laughs> all right cool all right so that sounds good so it's nothing like nothing personal quiet. nothing personal dj Moore. he's just in a terrible situation that's we're not talking shit for... about you we're just talking shit about your quarterback yeah and this is just the situation in general it's a tough matchup against baltimore they're gonna get smoked deontay johnson against cincinnati uh have him at 29 here solid ppr floor but hasn't shown any sort of upside at all and then donovan people's jones against buffalo you playing donovan people's jones or deontay johnson people's donovan jones, people's right? jones. Yep. Yeah. Which is I think weird. you're right. Mm. So switch, weird. Switch dude. that. Yeah. So weird. All right. Not only people's yeah. Jones at 30. Uh, 29, I'm sorry. And then Deontay at 30. Yeah, it looks weird. The, just looking at the ranking graphic that we have already looks weird. Now we're moving it around. Like you know, talk we about should compare future. this to week one and like see or the week or week or week like three. Or the amount know, of players that we're missing. We'll or consider- just like just how different it looks. Yeah, well consider. Okay, so the dolphins are on by. The Seahawks are on by. That's four receivers right there that are usually in the top 20. You know, DK Metcalf, yes. Tyler Lockett, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Um, yep. Who else is on by? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're gone. Yep. Two mainstays from there. Jamar Chase is out. You know, he's been out for a little bit, but, you know, we can still count him. We can lump him in with that. Um, who who else is on by? I, I know there's someone I'm missing. Oh, and the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Christian Kirk, he's gone. Christian Kirk. Yep. He's, not, he's, not on the, he's not in these rankings. Um, exactly. So there's, there's that's a like lot. Six, missing. seven guys right there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot missing. And, okay. you know, it's funny because we we could be missing Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, too. Like, you never know. Yeah. When I sent these rankings to Zach this morning, Zach was looking at it. He's like, Terry McLaurin, number eight? <laughs> what is <laughs> wrong with you? I'm I like, said. dude, I'm sorry. Please just look at, look this over. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm having yeah. a rough morning here. All right, week <laughs> 11. Uh, let's go into uh, our tight end rankings for week 11. Travis Kelsey at number one, Mark Andrews at number two. We don't know, uh, like, if Mark Andrews is going to play straight up. Like, he's got yeah. limited practices, practices in, but it's been, like, super mysterious around, like, with the way he's been practicing. So, you know, if he doesn't play, just slide in Isaiah Likely. I know Isaiah Likely didn't have, like, the best game the last time Andrews missed, but it was against the Saints. Tough matchup. He still caught a tight end. He still caught a touchdown, though. So, mm-hmm. still very viable. <laughs> he and a- Zach would play over him over TJ Hawkinson, who I have yeah. at number three here. Yeah, that's what I would that's what I would do personally. But that's just me. Because I, I think Isaiah likely is that talent, you know, like I said, I call him the tight end handcuff for a reason. Um I, I think he could slide in and have a nice I think he's a higher upside than TJ Hawkinson because there's a bunch of other weapons. You know, Dalvin Cook could have a big day. Dallas's defense has been vulnerable against the run. Justin Jefferson's a monster. We just saw Christian Watson destroy uh the rookie backup for Dallas because they don't have anybody else to start. They're thin at corner. Um so TJ Hawkinson, he could have he could have a good day, but I think you know, Isaiah Likely's upside would be a little bit higher if he played. Um, it's funny because he caught one pass last week. Isaiah Likely, yeah. he finished as a tight end nine on the week. <laughs> it's a tight end <laughs> one performance on one catch. That tells you what you need to know so about sad. this tight end landscape. It's bad. So, like, I to say that it's like that if it might seem a little aggressive to say just put Isaiah Likely right where Mark Andrews was, but if Travis Kelsey's a tight end one, Mark Andrews probably could be the tight end two. Um, and if he doesn't play as I likely, you know, he's going to finish right in that range if he gets more than one catch, I think. I, I hear that, man. Okay, so Hawkinson at three, because he's been getting the target share ever since he landed in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, they're at home against Dallas. I, th- I still think he's going to get the targets. Uh, George Kittle at Arizona. This is a really, really good matchup for tight ends. So, you know, Kittle is obviously in your lineup. Uh, Dalton Schultz against Minnesota. He's gotten the targets, you know, last week out of the bye, getting the targets. Uh, you know, right behind CD Lamb. So against Minnesota, I feel like he could have a big game. Yeah, Dalton Schultz, and this is all you need to know. You just the only question you have to ask when you're saying should I start Dalton Schultz is is Dak Prescott playing? If yes, <laughs> you're starting him. If not, you don't. Like that's just how it goes. 
because he had I a twenty three percent target share last week. So yeah, pretty pretty legit. And that was with CD Lamb, you know, having yeah. a huge game too. So mm-hmm. it's clearly CD Lamb and then Dalton Schultz in that order, the pecking order, you know, as far as where targets are going um, in the Cowboys offense. So and, and I don't know if it was just me, but it, he looked better. Like he looked a little healthier last week than he did the weeks before. Like the weeks a before, he looked like he was an old man hobbling like on the field. Jason Witten. Yeah, he was giving me a at little... the end of his career type of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, nah. <laughs> he looks career. better. The thing, yeah, the thing about Dalton Schultz is he doesn't do much outside, you know, the catch after the catch. He catches it and kind of sits down. One of his the staple route that they run with Dalton Schultz is seven yards and turn around, just right in the middle <laughs> of the field. And Dak hits that three or four times a game. So yeah, he he has a nice floor, especially with the tight end position the way it is. Pat Fryermuth got a huge target share uh, in his first game without Chase Claypool, so continue to start him. You know, as one as your, one of your every week tight ends. Um, Cole Komet at Atlanta. You know, he's caught five touchdowns in the last three weeks. Uh, you know, let's see if he continues. Uh, yeah. If you had to bet on him scoring this week, and you know, it's funny the way I look at it. It's like, well, if a player scored a ton over the last couple of weeks. Like the the odds are that he's not going to score. Yeah, this week, right? So it's like, like I always think about it from like a, a math perspective and like a statistic statistical perspective. Yeah. Um, but you got to keep rolling with him, right? Yep, you have to. And just the way that Justin Fields is playing, it's not just you know Cole Komet. It's not he's it's not like he just had one good week and that's it. He's had a couple of good weeks, and Justin Fields is looking for him in the end zone, you know, and that's what you want. And with Justin Fields doing his thing, you can't you know, not start him. And that's why Darnell Mooney, I think, is a little bit higher in the rankings too. As long as Justin Fields playing the way he is, you know, there's going to be good quality targets going around. Um, and Cole Komet, you know, and we keep going back to this. You could say every single time. Uh, as Once you get out of this top 10 range, it's really bad. But the tight end landscape is barren. And if you're going to start somebody, you know, Cole Komet, you want to go for upside? It, you, it's one thing to say statistically, it's not going to continue these touchdowns. But then it's also like, you know, would you bet on the touchdowns not continuing? Or just relatively decent production continuing for Cole I, I'd take relatively decent production, and that's why he's ranked at seven four. <laughs> he had a hundred percent of the end zone targets last week, thirty three percent of them the week before, and then fifty percent of those end zone targets the week before that. So Justin Fields is definitely looking at him in the end zone for sure. Yeah. Um, Gerald Everett against KC. I I think I would have ranked Everett a little bit higher, maybe above Komet, maybe above Fryermuth. Actually, I don't know. Well, no. because of the matchup against Casey, the only reason why I didn't honestly is because he's a little bit banged up right now, mm-hmm. um, and he's been limited in practice, so he's not a hundred percent. I don't know how much he's going to play in this game, so he's a little bit iffy to me this week. Um, if you don't want to take any risks, I might start Greg Dulcich, who I have at number nine over him this week yeah. without Jerry Judy. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Gerald Everett, I wasn't exactly sure. I have him in a league or two, and I'm not starting him this week. So. Um, who, who are you starting over him? Who am I starting players? over him? Well, as punishment for taking Kyle Pitts, I saw this. Somebody put, posted <laughs> this. As someone, I forget who said it. I took Kyle Pitts, so as punishment, I'm starting him every week. I'm starting Kyle Pitts <laughs> over him. But, um, you know, I, I I think Greg Dulcich, I would start over him this week. Maybe even Tyler Higby, just because Cooper Cup's out. I wonder what his target share is going to yeah, look like. Yeah, I'm very curious to, to, to see what that looks like. I have Dulcich and Higby in, in the league that we're in together. Um, I have both of them, and I'm trying to figure out a who to start this week, and b who is going to be my guy moving forward, right? Yeah. If I'm going to depend on one guy, who is that going to be? And I'm really, you know, with Higby, you know, he got the targets last week, and that's great. 
but it's because he was targeted at a very high rate per route run. He's, his route participation still isn't where you want it to be. It was at 59% in week 10 and then 61% in week 9, which is not good. Like you want it to be 80% or higher uh, for yeah. sustainability. And for those, yeah, he, he was targeted on 31% of his routes last week, and he was targeted at 40% of his routes like two weeks ago, but only 39% route participation. So like when he's running routes, he is going to be targeted. However, will he be targeted? Will he be running routes? That's my only question. And, you know, I guess the assumption can be with Cooper Cup out that he's going to be dependent on in the pass game. Yeah. They're going to have to cater to Cooper Cup beating, being out. And that yeah. Tyler Hickey, you know, Matthew Stafford, if he's playing this week, which he should, right? I, I think he's supposed to play this week. Yeah, he, he he's ready to play. He's good. He's, Ma- I, I think he's out of the concussion protocol. Yeah. Matthew Stafford has looked to Tyler Higby, you know, in the past. He's inflated his target numbers um, a lot this season. Earlier in the first in the first five weeks, he went 11, 9, 4, 14, 10 targets. So, you know, he'll have yeah. volume, I think, with I, Cooper Cup out. That I, only solidifies it, I think. Yeah, it's a tough matchup in New Orleans. Uh, they, they've been holding tight ends down pretty well. But the way Higby runs routes, it's a little bit different. Like, he's he, he gets screens. Like, he gets targeted near the line of scrimmage. He gets screens a lot. I did notice a lot. that. You're right. Yeah, he and, um, you know, he, he, it's not like he's running routes, like, down the middle all the time where he's being targeted. That's not really how they use him uh, yeah. a whole lot. So, not really overvaluing that matchup too much. The, like, the difficulty of that matchup too much. Sure. I got Kyle Pitts at number 11 here. Um, who are you playing Kalpits over who I have in the first slide here? I don't think I would anyway. Oh, okay. you know, I, I'm forcing myself to start Kyle Pitts over Gerald Everett just because of the injury. I'm not sure if it's yeah. gonna be good enough. Makes so sense. that's what I would do. But this is crapshoot range, and it's funny because Kyle Pitts is the beginning of crapshoot range. Um, <laughs> it, it's just it bad at this point. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh David Njoku might be back this week. He's been practicing and he's been talking about coming back. And I, I, I would if he comes back, like I'm okay starting him, even against Buffalo. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy starting him. You know, I'm happy getting him back, especially given the tight end wasteland that we've been dealing with here. Yeah, 100%. David, remember, he's one of the most athletic tight ends. So, And remember, like, he was getting it done for you, right, early yep. on the season. Like, he was one of the top five or six tight ends, getting it done every single week. Um, Foster Moreau, decent matchup against Denver. Denver, you know, does defend wide receivers really well, but they don't defend tight ends very well. So Moreau can have a good game. His route participation is like ridiculous. He's been running a route on 91%, 88%, of dropbacks over the last three weeks. Unfortunately, that hasn't amounted to like a whole lot of production, no. but he caught a couple touchdowns and, you know, he could do that for you. So he's viable, I would say. And yeah, I think that's about it after this. Well, no. Robert Tunyon, I had him. I like the matchup. That didn't work out so well. But Trey McBride against San Francisco, this is a tough matchup for him in his first game. However, the the, the Cardinals do run a lot of routes. Who knows if they're going to have Kyler Murray? That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, the, I'm sorry, the Cardinals do. <laughs> yes, the Cardinals run a lot of routes, but I meant they run a lot of pass plays. And they run a, a lot of plays in general. So that's why I like McBride going forward rest of season. But this week might be a little bit tough. Yeah. Don't evaluate Trey McBride's performance this week. Because, like you said, it's against San Francisco, and they might not have their quarterback. They might have their second-string quarterback. You know, they should probably have one of them. I'm willing to bet. But um, it, it it's just not looking like it's going to pan out for McBride this week, um, especially with, you know, Rondo Moore's going to be in that offense. James Conner might get a heavier dose. Um, they might just ease him in. You know, Zach Ertz, he's been a middle-of-the-pack fantasy tight end, you know, but that's pretty much all you can ask for in terms of, 
middle of the pack in terms of production. He's not like, you know, huge production, but he's had, he's had a nice floor for you. Um, but um, you, you can't judge Trey McBride. You can't expect him to fill those shoes that quickly, um, especially against a good defense. And we got Hayden Hurst here at number 16. Would you play Hayden Hurst over McBride? That's a decision I'm making right now in our league. And I think oh, I am. Just given yeah. the circumstances surrounding Trey McBride, Hayden Hurst, I think I'd start him, especially with Jamar Chase out. Um, he might have a little bit more upside than he would with Jamar Chase in. You know, there's still – he, he would be benefiting from that this week. So I, I would yeah. start Hayden Hurst. Um, and then Tyler Conklin, you know, with him, it's a little weird because the Jets, you know, we don't know how uh, – Zabby in the comments is asking, what is Goddard's injury status? He's on IR right now. So yeah. he's not going to play for a while. Um, but Tyler Conklin, his rap participation actually went up recently. Um, I don't know what they're going to do out of the bye. That's my only concern with him. But mm-hmm. over the last three weeks, 76%, 72%, 79% rap participation, which is great. And he's been getting targeted. However, that's also coincided with the Rondell Moore doghouse situation. So I'm sorry, Elijah, Elijah Moore. Moore doghouse situation. So if Elijah Moore comes back in, and he started playing the slot, and they go a lot more 11 personnel. I'm not sure if, if they're going to be uh, running a lot of routes with – if they're going to be allowing um, Conklin to run a lot of routes. Do you think the Elijah Moore doghouse situation is going to be over? I, I think it's just – By the way, be... by the way, Zach, like I'm barely making out of this podcast. Like like as soon as the podcast <laughs> is over, like I'm going to be like, you know, like just Sleep. just like wiping the sweat off my face. Like whew, we made sweat it. sweat on your brow. We did. Anyway, maybe we just give him the rundown on these last few guys because, you know, probably not a lot of people are making these. That's decisions. it, really. Taysom Hill at 18. Who knows what's happening with him? Uh, maybe, you know, given the quarterback situations, maybe he he comes in more, right, and plays a little bit more, maybe in, in the red zone packages. Who knows? And then Dawson Knox and Juwan Johnson are my last two guys here. And that's it. That's it. We did it. We made we it. We did it, Zach. Um, we got 20 seconds I, to keep it under an hour. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, we're going to. Uh, I'm going to be going live on Sunday morning. You know, answering a ton of start sit questions uh, starting at 10:30 Eastern time over on Instagram. I'll be going with live with Lord Don't Lose, Lawrence Jackson, who is on uh, NBC Sports with Matthew Berry on Wednesdays. Uh, check out Lawrence there. Uh, but also, we're going to be going live with Uncovered NFL at 11. Uh, it was a big Instagram NFL account on it. Big NFL Instagram account. That's all I have to say. Yeah. And then catch, catch the Blitz uh, at 11.30. You got to check them out. And then at noon, going live with a bunch of other Instagram accounts, fantasy football Instagram accounts. So we have plenty of opportunity to to do that and answer all your questions. Uh, if you want the full set of rankings, they're going to be up later today uh, at, on my Patreon. Just click the link in the description of either the YouTube or the podcast description, and you'll see it there. And yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, appreciate you dealing with us, dealing with me during this particular <laughs> episode. And thanks for listening, guys. Uh, have a great weekend, and uh, I'll see you on Sunday. See you guys later. Bye-bye.